So I want to reiterate that you're not sick again this week. No, I, my voice, I don't know what's going on. Everybody thinks I have COVID when I do Instagram stories. And, the, and then I'm getting a lot of, I hope you're feeling better. You know, get checked, mm. you know, a lot of this. But I, I, I have no symptoms whatsoever other than I lost my voice last, uh, I guess it would have been Monday, two weeks ago now. And yeah, well, actually, it's exactly a week ago because it was, no, eight days ago. So anyway, I came up Monday morning and I started sounding like this and I keep thinking I'm getting better or it's coming back. But I don't know. Might need to go get checked. Yeah, might want to. I mean, this time of year for me, it, I think that where we are, the temperature is still kind of up and down a whole lot. It hasn't dropped and stayed consistently down. Mm-hmm. And so all of us just get drainage and then that, you know, inflames your throat and makes your stomach hurt and whatever, whatever. It's just this few weeks of everybody kind of feeling crummy, but nobody's actually sick. So Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I got to like do that. voiceovers for the TV show and I've, I've been doing voiceovers mm. with this voice, <clears throat> and uh, I did I did one round of voiceovers, and I think Mike is waiting for me to get my voice back before he does more. I never even thought about that. If somebody does voice work for a living, oh, oh boy. and they just get sick, I mean, they like just can't do their work, even if they feel fine. Yeah, they just can't do their work for a couple of weeks. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the case with singers and stuff too. Yeah, but. That's the world I live in, so I thought about that. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I think I feel fine besides that. Oh, good. good. feel fine. You look great. Starts. Oh, thank you. He's <laughs> just saying that. No. I mean that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is just saying that. <laughs> anyway, so how's it going? What's new? It's going good. I want to know what this bag is behind Jimmy. Is that a handmade Where? bag container that, thing? Down. That one? Oh, that chair. is like an old, um, like a hunter's, like a Adirondack hunter's backpack. Okay. You know, like the the woven basket ones, but it's got canvas over it. It looks just like something you'd see hanging in Filson. I bought it at an antique shop about five years ago. So it's like one of those wicker baskets that like an Alaskan fisherman would wear, but it's covered with wax canvas. It's really cool. It looks cool. And the cats peed right on the top of it about five uh. years ago. And every time I, <laughs> Taylor keeps taking it outside to like banish it to the woods. But I <laughs> covered it with bleach and tried to bring it back to life. Is it, I mean, is that something you could remake? The part that's, there's a video for you. you know? Oh, no. Well, that, that's the whole reason I bought it is because I wanted to try and emulate it. I've been wanting to try and make one of those wicker baskets for a really long time. If I could turn the computer, which I can't, there's two more on, on my left. <clears throat> I use one oh, as a little wow. trash bin. And uh, yeah, so I've been buying, I have about five of them because <laughs> I'm crazy, wow. but I've been buying them trying to, uh, you know, figure out a way to make them. I always picture like a world where I could walk around with a big wicker basket on my back and everybody would think that's normal. <laughs> and then I'm not just like Daniel <laughs> booning it out into the wilderness. Yeah, exactly. Dave, just give me one. Yeah, this is, um, this is a, a fishing creel, I think it's called, that Kelly made. Yep. And it's got yep. a little, little hole in the top cool. to put a fish in there. Yeah. You want to know my connection to that object? That's like the thing a fisherman would have on his side, like a wicker. Um, that's called a, a creel, and my my grandfather's name is Creelman on my mother's side. Really, Creelman? Yeah, and it's fisherman, and and means fisherman in some old European language. Creelman. That's hmm. my that's my my mother's name. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah. So I always see that, and it reminds me of my grandfather. The, the little latch on here, I don't know if you can see yeah. that on camera. Yeah. It's it's a twig that yeah, slides so in cool. the... It, I can't explain this on camera, but I yeah, don't know. It's yeah. one of those it's things you'd see impressive. in like a bathroom, like a slide-over thing. Yeah, but Very made cool. out of a twig. With a little wow. stick off of it. That's awesome. So yeah. is that, that kind of construction with the just woven sticks or... I don't know. What, what material is that? I mean, like, what is wicker? I don't. I don't. I would have to ask Kelly. We'll have to get her on the podcast. I think it's a type of it's a type of uh, branch, <clears throat> and okay. you know it's a specific type of branch that you you weave at a certain maturity level, or you know, so you can kind of get it to do what you want. Hmm. So there's no there's no glue, I assume, and no. there's no like fasteners of any kind. It's no. just. I think you weave it when it's at a certain weaving. when it's at a certain like dry level, and then when it dries out, it becomes that shape forever. Yeah, unless you hmm. sit on it. <laughs> I, I know when Kelly's making <laughs> baskets, um, 
these whatever her materials sitting in a bucket of or a, a big thing of water and so oh, you it's soften it? it it's pliable yeah and then it dries and it stays in that shape wow cool yeah that's that's a process i know absolutely nothing about that's pretty wild well, Jimmy, when can we expect your woven basket project? To <laughs> come oh, well, out? I just started my research right now. I just said, "What is winter?" <laughs> I'll have answers in just a minute. But um, yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do. But besides that, I've been uh, actually I broke ground on the interior for the trailer this week. I installed a couple <clears> of the windows that I've been needing to do and put the floor in. And Patrick has started the electric. Some of the people who follow him on Instagram. You can see Patrick's stories doing the electrical install, and uh, it's a whole education that he and I and Taylor are in the process of learning like the uh the inverter how to take battery power turn it into 110 and so Patrick's doing the uh, heavy lifting on that because Patrick's going for his master electrician's license which kind of covers all states and like the whole world something like that he said it's like one of the most complicated and he thought he knew about electric he's been doing it for 30 years but he never had his master electrician's license and so he's he's like devouring knowledge. So when I told him we needed to do this, he was very up for the task. Patrick is my friend who did the electric in my barn. If you don't know, Patrick Reynolds on Instagram. And he started developing a little bit of an online presence since he, since he met me. And he wants to be the, the electrician to the makers. And he's actually helping out Anne of All Trades with uh, consulting on her new big building. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's talking to quite a few makers behind the scenes about how to electrify their shop. So, I mean, I didn't intend on talking about Patrick, but if anybody has any questions, hit him up at Reno, I think, Reno Electric. I'll put, we'll put it in the notes. But Patrick Reynolds, he's always in my story. So, he's, uh, so yeah, just doing the electric in that, and I started doing the cabinets this yesterday. And uh, I did my big bellows for the blacksmith shop. That was a lot of fun. I literally, I started that like we finished last week. It's exactly seven days ago. We finished. I went and I started making my blacksmith bellows. I finished it on Friday night, posted the video on Saturday. That was fun. It was like It looked really cool. Nonstop. <laughs> non three day. I was like like when you see like the cartoons where it's like like the cloud of smoke goes up and like the building is left behind it in the process of the cloud of smoke. That was what it was like this week with that stupid bellows. I did not expect it to be as complicated as it was. I started making it, and then Andrew Alexander saw my stories, and he wrote me, and he said, he goes, be careful with that. A lot of people start those, and they think they know what they're doing. He goes, then it's really complicated. <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> and so after he told me that, I went and I did a little bit more research, and and he got me kind of on track. I thought I was going to modify it and you know kind of make it my own, but he's like, no, just stick to what's proven. And he was right, so I ended up doing doing what was right and still everybody the, in the what comments was the unique or the difficult part about it's that? called a two-stage it's a two-stage thing so there is um the first stage like so when you see those pleats the bottom one that hangs in space because it gets grabbed in the middle there's uh i'll say uh the platforms that separate the the chamber so you have one right in the middle that is below that doesn't access the, the exit tube that comes out of the point so when you pump an air into that bottom one, all you're doing is pulling air into it and pushing it into the second chamber, which when the weight of the second chamber comes down by gravity, it is pushing air out. So when you let the bottom chamber go down and fill back up with air, the top chamber is expelling air. So hard to explain, but hmm. the net result is when you're pulling and pushing on the crank, air is consistently coming out. And it's a matter of the orifice hole yeah. and the amount of weight on the top stage how much gravity influences it and how much air can escape will help you uh, figure out or what do you call it? Adjust the amount of airflow, how consistent it is. So you could just literally like kind of gently push and pull on that handle gently, but the entire time air is coming out of that nozzle and there's no, there's no like stop of air because you pulled the crank. Huh. So it's called a two-stage bellows, and it worked beautifully. I mean, I obviously went back and, and just did some, I looked at some videos and see how other guys did it, and they all basically did exactly the same thing. So I was like, no one's reinventing the wheel here, so let me do it. And it worked, worked really well. And I got to implore some interesting techniques. Uh, you know, I made a big wooden tube on the bandsaw. I thought I was just going to get it close and maybe go to the lathe, but then 
when I got it, I was like, this is good enough because this is just like a little hand. This just looked like a handmade farmy type of thing. But Andrew said something funny. I said, I, Andrew said something funny. I, I sent him pictures of it in process. He said, that's really cool. He goes, he goes, but aren't you embarrassed that you're using plywood? <laughs> but he goes, aren't you, he goes, aren't you embarrassed that you're using plywood? I said, no, I'm not embarrassed because I'm not going to take, I'm not trying to do a historical enactment. I'm not Roy Underhill. I'm here trying to make a bellows for my own shop. And I, you know, it's funny that that prompted a conversation which we could explore. If, if the uh, if our forefathers had plywood, and if plywood showed up in say the 1860s, do you think they would be like, "I'd rather cut it a flat plank. I'm not using that new technology." <laughs> you know, it's like everybody assumes, and we've talked about this before. It's like every like for instance, I always say. People always get mad at you for for using electric in the workshop, but then they'll just walk outside and get in their car and have no shame. Why does it end at the workshop? Why in this whole world are people expected to use traditional techniques, hand-making stuff? Why is that poo-pooed to use electric? You understand what I'm saying? And why is... Yeah. <clears throat> so some guy in the comments will say, yeah, but let me see you do it with no, with no power. And then he'll tell like, let me see you go home with, on your feet or on a horse. Why does it, like, why does it end there? What are you riding a bicycle for? You should be riding a horse. But they want you, you know? to prove to them that you have all the skills. I want him to prove to me that he has a horse, that he can go <laughs> back to home. <laughs> Perfect. So, I mean, I, I'm totally with you on the plywood thing, because yesterday I was... I needed to build a simple frame. wasn't making a video. I just needed a frame. I'm putting a whiteboard in the office here. And I was like, oh, I'll just go get some one-by. I've got scraps of one-by all over the shop. Surely I can find enough pieces in there. So I, you know, gather up all these little strips of one-by that are roughly the same width and everything. And I lay them all out on the table. And it looks like somebody laid a whole bunch of, like, bows and arrows down on the table. Every single piece <laughs> of those things. Big curve. Just because they had been cut off from something thicker. Yeah. They had, you know, sat for a while. Leaned on the wall. Yeah. And I couldn't use any of them. Mm. And I'm like, well, guess I'm going to plywood. Reached <laughs> over and grabbed a piece of plywood that was perfectly flat, perfectly straight. And <laughs> I cut it into strips. And right. it will stay like that, you know. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. I, imagine imagine when we were kids, maybe when only when I was a kid, because I use Bugs Bunny references sometimes and people don't know what I'm talking about. Do you remember the really? Bugs Bunny? <laughs> Bob's wow. like, Bugs Bunny? Who's Bugs Bunny? No, you remember I, I can't believe that somebody wouldn't know who uh, Bugs Bunny is. That's what well, I'm there's certain references like, do you guys remember when the guy was dis dis dismantling the building and he finds the box with the frog in it and the frog sings, but then he... The bring, singing frog? The singing frog, yeah. became the yeah. Dave's shaking his head. He doesn't remember. So yeah, in that episode that of that cartoon, the guy's like, it's like 1930s and the guy's destroying a building and he finds a frog in the basement of the building in a box and the frog has a top hat and it jumps out and it sings and that became ultimately became the logo for the wb network but the origins of that frog is this episode of the and it might it was a bugs bunny made cartoon but bugs bunny wasn't in it long story so the guy takes the frog and tries to make the frog into like a show business frog takes it to a like Bets his whole life savings on trying to make the frog famous. But the frog will never perform when other people are around, only when he's alone. And so the guy goes broke trying to turn the frog into a celebrity. And the frog, like, sings to him when he's at home with no money anymore. And so he doesn't know what to do. So he puts the frog back in the box and puts him in the basement of a new building. And this is where the story that, this is the point of my story. Then it shows, like, whatever, 20, 2080. And it's a guy dismantling the building. But he's dismantling it with a ray gun. <laughs> he's like, everything is just disappearing under the ray of the gun. Whereas in the, in the 1930s, <laughs> the guy's literally using a sledgehammer in his hands. And the guy like, and then he finds the box with the frog in it. And he opens it up and the frog sings and dances for him. And the guy thinks he's going to be a millionaire. Now we hear it, whatever. It's 100 years later. The whole point of that story is, if somebody showed up to a guy right now, dismantling a building with a ray gun and just says, hey, look, everything disappears. Do you think that guy would be like, I'm happy just using my hands. Get out of here with that new stuff. 
But if you happen to be in the transgression of that development of that product, the entire time you're saying to yourself, I don't need that. I don't need that. This new ray gun they're talking about in the news. But out of context, if you could jump backwards in time and show somebody plywood, show somebody a computer, show somebody a CNC machine without all that controversial conversation about it. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. If you could just literally just like take a CNC machine and bring it back 40 years and go check that out or a or hundred years would probably be more appropriate because then somebody would be like, oh my God. I don't have to use a pattern. I don't have to route along a pattern line or whatever. I don't know how they made things 100 years ago exactly, but. Well, obviously, you don't know how. Right. You... <laughs> it's funny. My my Zing. memories of Looney Tunes are dark and frightening. Because when I think of Bugs Bunny, I think of um, that red monster creature with the, I think he had like tennis Sneakers. shoes on. Yeah. <laughs> the monster. The and monster. Was, and I was like the monster and i was just like that's scary and frightening and i must have watched that when i was a really little kid and then i think of is there another one where elmer fudd is in like an opera and it's dark and yeah scary. him and daffy duck have an opera and they shoot each other daffy duck's beak yeah. keeps going on the back of his head from a shotgun yeah, and he grabs have... it and spins it back forward <laughs> you, you you remember them all obviously oh, but yeah i, 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 mean, I, I think of them as like that's dark where... and that's where my childhood like memories are in like all that Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, Woody Woodpecker, all that stuff. And then when the animation started becoming like He-Man and you know like all the stuff you guys kind of grew up on, where like and it, like they'd use the same frame for forty shots, so, like that's eh, the same yeah. position. Let's just use it for every other shot. And then they would like write a script around that position that the doll was in or that the, the frame was painted in. And I started checking out like Bat uh, Spider Man like the spider-man cartoon started getting like that mm -hmm. and i was yep, like you I know what that. i really like the full-on articulated animation and i so i stopped paying attention to cartoons when they stopped being fully animated you're well, being that guy right now i am you absolutely are well it's not that <laughs> but it's not because it got better but, but it's, it's because better. it got cheaper but, but no it's better <laughs> it wasn't because it got better it was because it got cheaper i i totally as a kid i understood how how cartoons were drawn and when they started going to like, okay, they don't want to draw forty cells; they only want to draw ten. I'm out. Oh, they don't. They only want to make one cut with CNC instead of like you know three hundred with their hands. I mean, <laughs> but that's see, I don't. Think uh, it's, can, but it's different. It is it's different, different because if I brought you the CNC machine and said, "Look, it's faster, but it looks horrible," is it? But faster is really the only cool thing about this. <laughs> but it's faster. You're like, yeah, but it doesn't look as good as I can do it by hand. No, 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 no. You don't understand. People are okay with things looking crappy in the future, which is really what the, the case <laughs> yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily better, but crappier, but faster. Not better, but faster. And that's how I felt about those cartoons as they started coming in. I, I say I, I understand that they're faster, and they're really uh, their crutch is the storyline. They think I'll stay engaged if the story, like if there's two Spider-Men in this episode, I'm going to be intrigued to stay through the whole episode. What is the imposter? I think, you, I think you got him, David. I think you got him. He's trying to figure out a way out of this. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't agree. <laughs> Write in the comments what you think. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's hilarious, though. And I mean, it's true. We all do that with everything. Is like the you know it, w with the cartoon thing. I absolutely agree with you, by the way. But we we have that thing that we were used to, and we saw it as the best thing. And then whatever changes in the future, you know, it ends up just not being as good as whatever it was when it was our primacy for us when it was the first thing that we knew mm -hmm. of cartoons or of music or of whatever, for sure. And that stuff definitely gets worse because it gets cheaper because it has to be cheaper to survive i mean you could say the same thing about you know pop music oh yeah honestly i mean it gets you know it, it comes out of a factory written by people who can't sing and you know it just gets passed on the line to the person who performs it but that happens based out of economics like you take a pretty person and you take a good person the person that can write good music and you stick them together and then that becomes a business venture and a process to get music on the radio to make money you know it's it's the same kind of thing yeah it happens in every industry i guess but anyway plywood is good so, <laughs> i like plywood 
Long so, story anyway. short, plywood is good. Plywood. <laughs> plywood good. Don't be embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, David, what have you been doing? This week I'm working on a popcorn bowl, two popcorn bowls using segmented sapile. It's a project that's in my book. And I thought I would challenge myself to make one on the lathe and then one without the lathe. And I'm about to find out as soon as this podcast is over if the one on without the lathe is going to work. But basically, I glued up big, uh, a big bowl out of segments, and then I'm going to take the angle grinder ArborTech stuff to the outside, and then this little die grinder thing on the inside, and see if I can get a bit of texture. I'm a little worried that I didn't make the walls thick enough. Like it's going to be fine for the lathe because you turn it down real small. But uh, the angle grinder is a little bit more aggressive. So we'll see. It's an experiment. If you only see one bowl in the video, that means the other one did not work. But uh, it's, it's funny how um, I, I'm assuming most people love holidays and love days off. It really screws up my work schedule. <laughs> I mean, mm. I'm going to have I'm going to have a great time with my family tomorrow and they get to hang out with my brother and sister and mom and grandma again. And that's awesome. But it's like. Oh man, it's I. I still have a video I have to make. I have obligations this week, and it's, I'm losing a whole day. But yeah, it's been interesting this week. We uh, like all three of the guys had time off scheduled for this week, and they're just you know they are done for the week. <clears throat> They've been done, and so I've been planning ahead as like, well, I could I could try to do this to get something done and try to, you know, while they're not there, I could try to fit this in and handle this myself. And then I was just like, you know what? I think I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> and so I've been kind of taking it easy this week. And it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm still working a little bit, but I haven't tried to keep up that pace that you're talking yeah. about, that that thing. We just, we planned ahead a little bit. We skipped a week a couple of weeks ago so that we could just not rush this week. And I've got good. one more video obligation due this, this mm-hmm. month. So it's, it's got to get done. I did get to shoot uh, the video of my grandpa. So, oh, good. Yeah. So, the the whole story is years ago, I asked my grandpa if I could shoot a video of him, and he said, "No. Why would you want to do that? That's that's weird." And I was like, "Okay." And then he got interviewed by a couple local TV shows or news stations and some newspapers, and he got the bug. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm, spreading, the, I'm spreading the good word. So, hey, David, let's do that video. And I think it was in 2017, we shot the video. And then earlier this year, he said, hey, because he turned 99 years old this year, and he still makes these little wooden crosses. He's out in the shop almost every day. And he's like, hey, we should do another video. And I was like, of course. And, um, and then he he's like no i don't want i don't want to do it and then he called back and i I do want to do it he went back and forth like three or four times i'm not i didn't ask why he didn't want to do it uh i was just like no pressure when if you want to do it we'll do it no big deal and then uh so he finally is like yes let's do it and went over there this week and he had uh he has the title written out for me for the video he had his lines and then he also had my intro lines written out on a piece of paper that I'm just going to cherish forever. But wow. the, uh, but he he wants it to be like 99 year old World War II veteran makes crosses. Um, and so we shot the video, and I wanted to shoot all this video, but I didn't want to put a lot of pressure on him. He's just like, just use that footage from from the old video. I'm like, okay, no, no big deal. So I think I'm going to release this one on on christmas so it'll be um because the message in there that he wants to say is there's a lot of hate in the world and you know let's let's just be nice to each other i'm like this is a perfect christmas video so that's sweet yeah yeah my grandpa's he's my favorite person in the world he's just absolutely amazing he's insanely nice all the time and just willing to do whatever it takes to to make you happy and um every every cell in his body is about doing good so he is just an absolutely amazing person that's awesome i'm so glad you get to shoot that me too again with him that's that's very cool awesome um well we'll see for me but like i said i've been taking it easy this week uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm still getting stuff done. Like today, I'm going to try to go out and get the steel from the steel yard if they're open. I'm not sure. Today's Wednesday, so I'm not sure if they've shut down yet. 
uh, the steel for the rotisserie. I'm ready to finally dig in and start working on that, which is pretty cool. Intimidating, but cool. Ex explain what you're going to do. Uh, are you designing this from the ground up, or have you looked at other rotisseries for inspiration? Oh, I definitely looked at other ones. Yeah, I mean, this is... I don't think I'm necessarily doing anything unique. I mean, I've I looked at... There's a bunch of different types of rotisseries that serve different purposes. For anybody who's not been listening, rotisserie, I'm talking about a way to mount a car body in my case but you could do it for an entire car or a car frame or whatever but you, so you can I was spin thinking it barbecue <laughs> I forgot you said that <laughs> <laughs> uh, well somebody asked me yesterday if I could put like a giant pig on it and I'm like well yeah I mean ah, I put an elephant on it if you really wanted to but I'm not sure where you would stick the pokey parts <laughs> um I so, I, anyway, sure. is, I know yeah <laughs> so this is uh a, like a Amalgamation of a bunch of other designs, so I'm not really doing anything unique. I think the most unique thing that I'm doing is something I, again, saw from somebody else, but I've only seen it one other place. So when you make these two stands and they go on the ground on the end of each car, and then there has to be a part that goes up and down, an arm to lift the car up so that when you spin it over, it can clear the ground, right? So you have to attach it at its normal height off the ground, lift it up, uh, so that the center of the car is more than half the width off the ground, right? So the wide part of the car, when you spin it, it can clear the ground. So you have to be able to lift that. You have to be able to spin something at the top of that lifted area. And um, then you also, and, and part of that lifting there is you have two ends of the car that have to lift together or, you know, about the same time otherwise you're going to be like angling the car one end would go up higher than the other so i found this guy who did um well most people will have like a hydraulic jack on the end of each one of these things and then some sort of a complicated mechanism where you can you can you know pump both these jacks at the same time to lift it up evenly or whatever <clears throat> i ended up getting two farm jacks because i found this guy had made a way to build in a farm jack into each one of these end pieces and then you can just crank it so i can get one person on each end and you can just crank this arm of this uh, 36 inch farm jack that can hold several tons and you're gonna have two of them on there and so you can crank it up to the height that you want and then once it's up there you can drive in a pin so that it's locked it's not resting on the weight of the uh, the jack and the cool thing about the farm jacks versus a you know, like a hydraulic lift or some other, there's a bunch of different options. But one of the cool things there is on a, and I didn't know this, a farm jack has a little pin that is a reverse pin. And so it's the way that they work is as you pump the arm, it steps up. This little pin kind of steps up all the little holes in the jack arm. And so when you get to a height where you need to lower it back down, you can flip this pin. And then when you pump it, it steps down. So you don't drop the whole thing. You know, it walks itself down and can hold a huge amount of weight and walk itself down. So once you get the body done, you get you flip those pins, two people can pump the arms and it will jack this thing down slowly, which I thought was really cool. So that's the approach I'm taking as far as lifting and lowering it. Um, you know, the, like I was talking about last week, the connection points to the car are different for every car. So I did some research on this car, how people mostly, attached to it and there's a couple of really good mounting points that are already there so i'm just going to take advantage of those and then the actual frames on the end and the structure of it is just i don't know i looked at a bunch of other ones and saw what they had and what they didn't have and just kind of modeled something similar to that overall it's, i think it's going to be pretty easy construction i mean it's a bunch of square tube a little bit of round pipe the hardest thing for me on this whole deal was figuring out, was not knowing the material well enough to know how to make things telescope. And so I had to call the steel yard a while back and I was like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I need to have a square tube that goes inside another square tube that can go up and down, but I don't want a lot of slop in there. And so the guy was super helpful. And oh yeah, people do this all the time. They use this thickness wall and this size 
square tube, you know, and the combination of those two things, uh, they've all got that measured out. So they could tell you how much slop there's going to be in between a smaller pipe that's inside a bigger pipe, square tube. And so that was incredibly helpful. Otherwise, I would have had to go there and just pick up all the pieces, you know, and like put one inside the other one and see, oh, is this too sloppy? Is this too tight? Whatever. But he knew exactly what I was going to do and was really helpful. And then as far as the round, the pipe, it's they have Schedule 40. And I found a really cool website called the Engineering Toolbox. Have we talked about this already? I don't know if we talked about this or not. I'll put a link to it. Anyway, it's called the Engineering Toolbox. It has a bunch of information on it, just like... What, what was the website you guys mentioned a couple weeks ago that was really cool? Blocklayer? The one that has yes. all the combinations of... Yeah, Blocklayer. Blocklayer, yes. So this one's Engineering Toolbox, and it's resources, tools, and basic information for engineering and design of technical applications. I found a page on steel pipe dimensions, Schedule 40, which is what they have, and it has every size available of pipe size, the interner, internal, external diameters, the thickness, wall thickness, um, the different lengths that it can come in, how much surface of square footage is based over the certain lengths, how much volume there is over... It's like all the data for a common material. And so from this, I was able to see, well, if I use, you know, the the outside of a two-inch pipe is this much smaller than the inside of a two-and-a-half-inch pipe. And so I was able to use that chart to figure out the best combination of two pipes that could telescope, not telescope, but actually could spin within. So I'm making kind of a, not a bearing, it's just a pipe that spins within another pipe. But I wanted a little bit of slop, but not too much. And so this as a resource was really cool because it helped figure out that stuff. And then I could call the steel yard and say, do you have two and two and a half, or do you have three and three and a half or whatever? Cause they don't have every type. So I think I've got all that figured out. Theoretically, it'll all work. Looks really cool in Fusion. I don't know. So. <laughs> Do you have it moving uh, in Fusion? Like, are you able to yeah. see all the... Yeah, that's really cool. I can give you uh, one tip when you're welding thick material. You and I and, you know, people used to welding more thinner material more often. You could tack it quick and walk away from it. This you got to like... So where you would tack for like maybe... Three seconds, mm-hmm. count to 10 or 15. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's a tack and thicker mm. material. Because you'll tack it and you'll look and you'll walk away and then it'll fall apart. Because that right. thicker material is colder, more difficult to penetrate, much more like it'll suck the heat out of the weld faster. So you need to concentrate that heat right there for at least 10, 15 seconds while you're doing your tack welds. So is this another case where like preheating an area would be helpful with a torch or something? Or is that not uh, a good idea? Probably not necessary because it's the difference okay. between holding the torch on it and just holding the, 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 the tack okay. weld. You know, I don't know if like heating the, the area around where the tack's going to be would help. I mean, technically it, it might help. Heat not suck away. Technically far. it might help, but I mean, I don't think you can keep moving through the project by not having to do right. that. Gotcha. By just, gotcha. you know, holding a tack on there. It's been my experience. Cool. And then if it's going to be yeah. thick material, make sure you bevel it a little bit when it touches each other, just so you can kind of get that weld down in between the materials a little bit deeper. A little bit. Cool. So I'm going to try to get material for that thing today, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to jump into that, because I think I'm, I have to build two ends, you know, and that are identical. So I think I'm going to try to build one off-camera figure it out, figure out what I already, you know, what I don't know, which I'm sure will be a lot, and then shoot the other one. But it's also going to be kind of in our Carmen's, Carmen Gia style videos where they're not, they're not project videos as much, so it's not going to be me trying to give all the information that you would need, or, you know, it's a little more just uh, entertainment, probably. I don't know. We haven't shot it yet, but that's how they, those videos have been. So we'll see. But that's what I'm going to be digging into. The video that's coming out on Thanksgiving is uh, I made a... I don't know. Did I talk about the zip line last week? Mm-hmm. Or was that in the after show? Oh. Mm, you talked about it last week. Yeah. True. Well, anyway, we put up a zip line at the farm. 
It's 175 feet zip line. And um, so I built a platform around a tree and it's, again, nothing really special. It's just a platform, like a treehouse platform that's attached to the tree, not to the ground. But it was something I had never done before. So um, that was a little nerve wracking just to figure out the best way to do it and try to get ahead of, of potential problems or you know, things that people were going to call out about safety and stuff like that. Not to avoid them calling it out, but to just, I was trying really hard to be safe and to do things in the correct way. I learned a bunch of stuff from the treehouse video that we did before about structural screws versus decking screws and shear forces on nails versus screws and stuff like that. Um, so tried to do the research on that stuff and figure out how to say in the video that you have to do your own research no matter what you watch. Like you're still responsible for your own actions. You're still responsible for choosing the best materials that you have access to using the, the healthiest tree that you have access to. And there's still a bunch of stuff. And so I was trying to figure out how to like show that I was being safe and doing my best, but also saying, I, I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I'm not perfect. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to tell you the wrong thing to do. So make sure you do your own research. It was kind of a weird thing to figure out how to say. So, yeah. but getting it done, uh, the thing is incredibly sturdy. It it's awesome. Like I love it. I'm really happy with it, and I have no doubts whatsoever that it's it's safe. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, and the kids love the zipline, and Anthony loves the zipline. Anthony went down it the other day too. <laughs> <laughs> but. So that's what we did, and that video is coming out on Thanksgiving. So hopefully people will enjoy watching it. Turn the comments off now. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to look, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I mean, honestly, and I don't mean that from a... Uh, criticized like, for your grip. <laughs> well, so I, I, did, I did a lot of research on this one and, and put it off. I mean, I was supposed to do this at the beginning of summer. And I put it off for a long time because I kept feeling like, well, I just... There's probably something I'm doing wrong. There's probably something that this, there's probably, you know. So I kept putting it off. And then I, at one point, just kind of said, all right, I, I don't know what else I could look up. I've done my best. I tried to make the point to say that I've done my best, but you're still responsible. You know, I tried to be honest about it and being a little bit scared of it and all that stuff. But I don't, there's nothing at this point, after having done a thing, made a video, put it up, there's nothing else that I can do there. And so if somebody has constructive criticism, I hope they'll send it to me directly. But if somebody is mean or upset or worried about the safety of my children or worried about the tree or, I mean, like, I can't do anything about that at this point, right? So Wait a minute. You I'm not going to look at the You comments. attached something to a tree? I did. And I actually made the point. <laughs> Wait a minute. In the, yeah, <laughs> you I know. Tell me that you part. hold on a second, mister. <laughs> No, I actually made the point in the, in the video that, like, I did research on the best way, that, for the healthiest way for the tree to attach something to a tree. Because that was a big thing that people brought up last time. Like, you're, I can't believe you're drilling a hole in a tree. and They're saying that while they're sitting at a wooden desk. <laughs> well, it turns out that <laughs> I, I, I addressed it in the video. And they wooden shoes. I mean, come on. Wooden shoes. Those, people, those clog people complaining about trees. Um, it turns out that drilling a hole in a tree is the safest way... To attach something to the tree for trees the tree's actually, sake. Trees actually like having holes drilled in them. <laughs> well, actually. Have a friend that's a tree. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I did bring that up because, I, again, I wanted to research it, make sure I was doing it the best way for the tree, you know, to try to avoid. You should like have used a shotgun to shoot a hole through the tree <laughs> to tie the rope to I'm just going to keep shooting this one spot right here <laughs> until there's a do. big enough hole for the bolt to go in. <laughs> I would shoot a, shoot a bullet through the tree and then put a rope hole through it. Yeah. Anyway, I did address that. And so my point was I've done as much as I can do in regard to preparing and doing things the right way. And so I'm just going to let it go. And if people want to... Be upset about something, they can be upset about it. I'm not going to see it. Video still a thing? I would love Jimmy to do a response video to your video where he actually takes <laughs> a shotgun, shoots it through there, and then like hooks up an arrow, uh, a rope to an arrow, shoots that through there, and then at the end, like little kids fall and break their arms. And 
You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go buy a shotgun this week, and I'm gonna I'm gonna paint it yellow and put a Dewalt sticker on it. So that's what I'm gonna do this week. I'm gonna go drill some holes with my new Dewalt drill, cordless. Speak, speaking of shooting an arrow, have you ever made a bow, Jimmy? Uh, not not official. Like when I was a kid, we would take like bendy pieces of wood yeah. and make little ones, but not not like a recurve, like out of ash or something like that. Not not like a proper one. But I, I mean, as a kid. We, me and my cousin took, remember the Johnny Bench batter up? The thing, do you guys know what that is? This is like mm, to- no. totally dating myself. In the 70s, they had this thing called the Johnny Bench batter up, and it was just like a, a huge fiberglass stick on a big hinge that would spin around a cement base. Your father would have to put like a concrete base on the bottom of this thing. And it was on a big rubber band. So you'd, you'd throw it out, and this big elastic thing would come swinging at you and it would practice your pitch so it was like a like a tether ball but on a big fiberglass arm and me and my cousin hmm. like he, he my cousin was a big sports kid so he grew up with like three of these things in his backyard always practicing his swing and when they get deteriorated we take the big fiberglass rod from the johnny bench batter up and we made a bow and arrow out of it it was basically it's like a it's like a half inch thick fiberglass rod, and we could we found we could like bend it like we could stand on the top and they pull it all the way down, and then somebody would hold it and somebody else would tie a rope from one end to the other and we'd like bundle up with like a whole roll of tape to keep it from sliding down the pole, <laughs> and we'd make an arrow that would Seems safe. <laughs> probably go through a car door. So that's my. I only made experience. I made a bow one time when I was a kid from a piece of cherry flooring. So the center, like the the handle or the part you would hold, I don't know the names of any of those things. It was a piece of flooring, and I still have this thing in my shop. And then uh, two thin, bendy pieces of wood, I don't know what they were, stuck in the ends of that piece. And then the line connecting the ends of those bendy parts was um, some really flexible, like, weed eater line or something. I don't know. It's still, I still got it in there, but the whole thing flexes just enough that you can actually shoot it. And then I took dowel rods, unscrewed the tips from our dart board darts, and then threaded them onto the ends of these dowel rods. You know, and if you just turn it, it'll end up threading the thing on there. The, they didn't have any tails or fins or whatever you call that. I just little like took a saw and cut a little slit in the end of the thing so you could put it on the line and it totally worked. Like <laughs> my parents' house, the basement was where I did all of that type of stuff. I would just like goof off and put things together. And there's the ducting, the AC ducting like is behind me. I don't know if you, you guys can see that. There's like silver ducting like running along the ceiling. And there are little holes all over that thing from me shooting <laughs> this arrow thing into that over and over. I wonder if they know about that. that they reminds do now, because they listen <laughs> that, to the podcast. Sorry, that guys. reminds me, me and my cousin, my cousin Thomas, who's my age, he's a lawyer now, but when we were kids, we would create so much mischief, and we take the, I sent these guys the commercial for the Johnny Bench batter up from 1977. Mm-hmm. Watching it now, yeah. <laughs> and so we also, we would make weapons all the time, and another thing, we basically figured out you could make like a slingshot with a tube, so we would take like a pencil tube and and tape a, like a rubber band to it and take like a, for lack of a better term, like a bamboo skewer and shoot it through. And we were making those in bigger and bigger sizes. And then we basically made like a, I guess looking back now, it was basically like a spear gun that that a, that a, uh, that a scuba diver would use to spear fish. So we made all these different versions of spear guns and we were practicing with them and we shot out. So Tom, Thomas was, you know, when we were little kids, Thomas had older brothers that were adults. And so his older brother, Philip had a boat trailer. So when we were like 10, 12 years old, we shot about a thousand arrows into the tires of Philip's boat trailer. <laughs> I hope nobody in the family is listening. And I remember we were there and like, like a couple of months later, I was back at the house when Philip went to go move his boat trailer. He's like, what been over the wheels on my boat trailer? They're all flat. Not only are they flat, there's 400 holes in the sides of both of them. Oops. <laughs> Once we realized we could shoot, like, we we're like, oh my God, it goes through the wall of a tire. And then that was the goal. We just kept trying to make the dart sharper and more fierce to go through the wall of the tire. And like, oh, this one, oh, that one bounces off. You know, like, we could have got ourselves 
severely injured oh, yeah. with what we were doing. But <laughs> that one bounced all the way back to us. <laughs> Sorry, Philip. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think you figured out what we, you figured out what was going on quick. Continuing on the childhood memories, uh, maybe this is a sign of great marketing. But when I think of Johnny Bench, I think of the Krylon Spink. Uh, paint commercials where the tagline was no runs no drips no errors which is a playoff of <laughs> no runs no hits no errors um, that's funny and I, that's that's all i that's all i think of when i think of johnny bench's spray paint was he in that commercial because i don't remember yeah that. yeah this is probably the early 80s oh wow. wow i don't remember that either i it's funny when i was a little kid i all my friends would collect baseball cards and i I started collecting baseball cards because I realized that some of them could be worth money. I didn't care about the players. I didn't care about the stats. I didn't care about anything. All I cared about is like, is this card worth money? And obviously, you just had to kind of go on word of mouth back then when you were a kid and like go to the local like baseball store or whatever. They would, you know, guys would say, oh, if you have this, or if you have that. And so we'd buy packs of cards just to see if you got that random card. And I remember Johnny Bench and Pete Rose were like highly sought after hmm. because they were big names when I was a little kid. But I didn't care about baseball. I only cared about collecting it because it had monetary value. So I had a big baseball card collection that one of my friends ultimately stole out of my house. I remember it like I went missing one day and one of my friends was a little thief. He took it. And so, but I had like Thurman Munson and all these like players that from when I was a little kid that meant something. Now but it's that, Pokemon that was, cards. Now it's Pokemon yeah. cards. I remember my nephew, my nephew Matthew, uh, he's about 32 now, I remember when he had magic cards, and one day he picked up the guitar, and I was like, are you still interested in magic cards? He said, nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> he had this whole pile of cards that it like all had this you know, monetary, emotional value to him, and one day he was just like, I don't care about those things at all anymore. I gave him my, my Gibson Explorer, and that was it. I had this Gibson Explorer that I never used, I gave it to him. Hmm. So I got him out of the magic Dang. cards. Wow. Well, um, we we had a kind of topic. We were going to talk about stuff we're thankful for. It's we're almost an hour in. You want to do that? I'm thankful we didn't have to approach the topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I will say, you know, like I think we're all very thankful for uh, the people listening to this. We've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And I was actually thinking about this earlier today before we started that. It's kind of bizarre when you look back at how many shows we've done and how long we've been doing this and how we don't usually have a plan and we don't, you know, like, I, I don't really know why people would listen to this show, to be honest. That's probably terrible <laughs> marketing. But people do. And we are really grateful that people do. And I'm really 100%. grateful that we're still able to do this. Yeah. Um, I remember so. when, when we started the podcast, I'm like... I thought we're a little late in the game. There's already a handful of yeah. podcasts in this in this genre. Like, why why start now? And now look at us, twenty years yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. It's been a great great twenty years. It's been incredible. <laughs> no, it's funny. I think it's funny how each week we get together and the three of us are like uh, again we're going to do this really, and then we start talking and it turns into a fun conversation almost every single time. I would say every time. Yeah, and then yeah. I think like we we each finish up, and I'm really just speaking for myself, going, oh, I'm glad we did that, and mm-hmm. you know, but in the beginning you're like, oh, it, hopefully someone calls it off, hopefully someone's <laughs> getting installed, hopefully someone's getting refrigerated delivered. <laughs> I guess we know how Jimmy feels about the podcast. <laughs> the reason it's fun for me is I don't get to talk about shop stuff to anybody else around here. Like like Kelly doesn't want to hear about a tool or a technique or me complaining about comments like this is this is when i get to do that i get to do that with you two yeah yep. i'm i'm really thankful uh to you guys for doing this but also the people listening and for our patreon supporters another thing i was thinking about is that it's kind of crazy that people are willing to put any amount of money into something that is free yes thank you very very much that's for that. kind of wild you know um it's going to be free. <laughs> We're not going to put it behind a paywall or anything, but the fact that people like it enough to help make it go, it, it means a lot. So yeah, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, I'm grateful for lots and lots of stuff, and I don't want to spend all the time talking about everything that I'm grateful for because that seems silly. Um, not to not be grateful, but just to say it all out loud because I think that would be a, a long time but is there anything that like anything this year that's really stood out that is especially 
unique for you guys or you know something that no i mean i'm just in a good way that you're really i I was thinking yesterday uh one of the gentlemen on the tv show rudely he was uh rudely is a uh, one of the guys uh, on the on the pa team at the show and he came up yesterday to uh actually we have a big giant storage unit right near my house just because of the logistics that house all the tv show stuff that we just shot in the beginning of the summer and it's all there, like the entire production, everything we made, all the, <clears throat> the only thing that's not there is the cameras and the cameramen, but everything from the show, like all the office equipment, they just put it all there in the anticipation. If we do season two, it's right here. And hanging out with Rudley yesterday for a few minutes, just helping him look for the thing that he was looking for. He came up from Brooklyn. I just, it, it, it hit me for a second, like because of what we do and because we have an audience and because people like what we do, me and my friends on this TV production got an opportunity to meet like 35, 40 new cool people. And, you know, Rude was one of them. And it just made me think like, I really have a charm life. And, you know, and it's because of the audience and it's because people pay attention to what we do and enjoy what we do. And, you know, I try and lead by example, do good things, nice things for myself, you know, because I also don't want to invite bad karma. I don't want to do bad things because that'll invite bad karma. So I try and do good things and good things come to me. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. And like I said, just hanging out with Rude yesterday, it reminded me like, I have like 30 new people in my life that are all like geared towards one goal, creating something fun and interesting. And, and in the process, learning things that are fun and interesting all along the way and you know that's just it's it's just it's like the best thing you could ask for and get paid well sometimes so that's also really important <laughs> i'm very thankful that's for the that. second best thing you could ask for. <laughs> <laughs> no and so i mean i it just i had like a little like i was going to turn like we were alone in the storage room i was going to turn and hug rudely but he would have been weirded out so i didn't do that but <laughs> well like, there's one is- less friend i have <laughs> <laughs> i was like man it's so cool that like i got like so many cool new friends because you know, yeah. me and Jackman and Derek and Graz and Pat came up with this, you know, because we're friends, really. I mean, that's how this whole thing happened because, you know, we, we're we friends and a couple pictures went out on the internet and one thing led to another and that's how we ended up here. But, I mean, obviously I'm thankful for everything else that, come, that comes along with it and everything that led up to that. And, you know, the fact that I get to just like on a whim make a bellows and have fun making a bellows and learning that whole process and, you know. I'm just thankful that I get a chance to learn in public and share it. Ooh, that's nice. I like that. Thank you. I like a lot of the things that Jimmy said. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's, that's the things that are, uh, that I'm most thankful for is I get to do what I do for a living. That's amazing. I'm thankful for the family and friends that I have around me. That's, that's the thing I'm most thankful for, which is, the most obvious but uh um the thing i want to talk about is the group of people that i've been racing with all summer that has been completely awesome this is it's one of those things that i look forward to two times a month or whatever it is and everybody's been super helpful and uh it's you know it's like like usually it's like a group of 30 guys and everybody's helping each other out making sure everybody can can compete that day and i've learned so much and it's just it's so much fun it's so much fun that i don't film it and i take my camera almost every single time i i I record every race on the gopro i usually take my little portable camera think i'm going to record a blog but i'm so into it that i never even think about recording video i don't even do instagram stories because my i'm just completely involved in what i'm doing and it's just been this really super fun hobby. I'm also thankful for the break because it was it it was it was when you when you have motor issues or something breaks, and then you spend the week getting prepared for the the next race. It takes away from work, and I found myself like I should be working right now, but I'm rebuilding an engine. So I'm I'm thankful for this break that is this coming up this winter and next next year is going to be just as fun. Yeah. I'm with you on the um, <clears throat> excuse me on the the obvious stuff. Obviously, I'm thankful for my wife and kids, all my family that live here and far away. I think that's obvious. I hope it's obvious. 
um, I'm really grateful this, this past year has been kind of up and down for me, uh, in different ways, but I'm incredibly grateful that we were able to find a building and afford a building and all of the stuff that's gone with that. And like, I don't even know, I couldn't, I couldn't explain without a really long conversation the planning and thought process and potential that 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 thing that place has like i i am not talked about it enough to where it would make enough sense like i i it wouldn't i can say i'm thankful but that won't really do it justice without a lot more description um and you know a lot of that is um, being thankful for the fact that we found a local bank that could help us finance it that could make it possible and somebody really willing to like go into the idea and i guess it's easy to to just like skip over that part of it but somebody at a local bank was really kind to me and helpful and patient with me not understanding how to do you know corporate stuff or like uh you know, commercial commercial mortgage. stuff and you yeah. know all that just having somebody to help walk through that and make that possible super cool it wouldn't have happened without her amanda thank you you're awesome yeah. there's a bunch of stuff around that whole transition for us you know that i think we'll see the biggest dividends of and the effect of and the potential of down the road still a little bit but it's still really amazing that we're in that position that we have that we have uh, growth potential, that we're not stuck in my basement, and when you know, like we're limited to how much space we have here, and the number of cars I can fit in my driveway, and things like that. So I'm incredibly grateful that we're having the opportunity to step out and to do more. And the other thing, this is maybe a little more personal. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm really grateful that. I've been confronted with a few things this year that have made me check myself and and um, reevaluate, you know, where I'm putting my time and the things that I find important and and stuff like that. And I I don't know if it's <clears throat> midlife crisis type stuff or just getting to a point where you. Um, you have a different perspective of of value and of importance and stuff like that. But there have been several things that have just made me like, whoa, wait a second. Like I'm I'm getting swept up in work or I'm getting swept up in the process of doing a thing. Or, you know, and I think a lot of times when things are going well or things are going badly or whatever, you focus on the thing at hand and and sometimes can forget about the bigger picture, the long term, the you know, the the more important bigger stuff and <clears throat> several things this year have kind of jolted me into remembering that and that's been really good it's been difficult and you know kind of hard to process but also really good to remember how fragile things are or how awesome things can be and so i'm even though some of those moments have been a little trying i'm really grateful for them I don't know if that's vague, too vague <laughs> to make sense or anything, but they've been good. So we were all very fortunate. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and of course, again, thankful for everybody listening. That's you know letting us do this, and and everybody that watches our stuff and comments and encourages us and all of those things. That it, it means a ton. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. You guys got anything else on this? I don't want to belabor it or anything, but... No, it's very touching. Yeah, I think it's important to to kind of re... Like, readjust your view sometimes. And, and this year has been that for me in a lot of different ways. So, And I hope Thanksgiving is that for you. Anybody listening? It's a, it's in a America, good time to do that. Canada already had their Thanksgiving... That's true. I hope Thursdays are a time for you to recenter your life. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Just every Thursday. It's a good thing to do every week. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, 
I, we were going to kind of talk about the rest of the year. I, we're at an hour, some impression uh, this week. But I was saying at the beginning of this, before we started recording, that uh, this time in my mind, this time of the year, Thanksgiving is like when things start to, like you're coasting, not coasting, but like you're, you let off the gas. And like now we just have to run out the end of the year, you know? And so I'm kind of curious, we'll, we can do this next week, but I'm curious with you guys what that looks like. And do you run hard until the end of the year? Trailer interior. You... That's what it's going to look like. That's my two days. <laughs> okay. But I'm off to a good start, I think. Yeah. So we can talk about that next week or, or whenever. But all right. Well, let me thank our Patreon supporters. I know I thank them in general, but also specifically, I would like to thank our top supporters, Odin Leather Goods, Full Steam Designs, Rich at Lowen Designs, Blondie Hacks, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, You Can Make This Too, Chad from Mancrafting, Works by Solo, Albers Woodworks, Corey Ward, and Brendan Shaw. I've thanked Brendan before. I remember his name. But I'm going to do it again because we're really grateful. So if you want to join the Patreon uh, crew and if you want to get the after show, which is more of us talking about other stuff after this, Oh, somebody sent us a message. Well, I guess I should finish one thought. If you want to do those things and get those things and be in that group, go to patreon.com slash making it. Somebody, and I can't remember now who it was, I apologize, sent me a message last last time and said, thank you so much for mentioning the RSS feed for the after show because they were going to Patreon or to the app, I guess, and listening to every episode in the app, which you can totally do. But if you grab the RSS feed, you can put it in your podcast player. And then the after show shows up just like a regular show. Because it is a regular show. It's just after. So if you want that, join up. And if not, that's cool. No big deal. Um, You guys have anything to recommend this week? Going into Thanksgiving weekend? Time off? Sure. Um, I recently discovered that, uh, bringing it up here... Frontline, the PBS show, has its own YouTube channel, so all of their documentaries are on YouTube. Oh, I watch that sometimes. Yeah, Frontline's great. Yeah, there's a. I mean, the topics are all over the place, but they're really well done. Low energy, like just information. Um, I don't know, just really, really good documentaries, like our piece. Like any specific. Topic or anything? I, I'm something I'm not familiar with. Uh, well, there was uh, the the one that I've been getting into a lot of. I'm trying to learn finances and um, retirement and investments and stuff like that. And there was one about how our retirement system in America is kind of messed up and it's just going to get worse. And that's the one that kind of drew me in. And so I'll link to that one. And then I just was like, whoa, all the frontline documentaries are on here. There's there's more. And so sometimes when I'm just designing something or I'm in the shop, I'm working on something, I'll have them play in the background. So, uh, I had an interesting thing yesterday. <clears throat> I was walking out of a gas station and I heard Wagon Wheel. You know that song, Wagon Wheel? It's a it's an old bluegrass song. It's not, actually come to find out it's not that old. Interesting story. So I pulled it up on YouTube, and there's like four to choose from. I didn't know which one I had just listened to in the in the in the gas station, and uh, turns out Darius Rucker has a version which he made about eight or nine years ago, which has like four hundred million views. Wagon Wheel is the song. So and then the the next most popular one was by the Old Crow Medicine Show, like a traveling bluegrass band. And that video is from about seven, eight, maybe 10 years ago. And I was like, who? The? And so I listened to both of them. Then there was other versions by just like various people. And they're all good. And I was curious. I was like, who wrote this song? So I Googled it. And Bob Dylan wrote the chorus as like an outtake on Billy the Kid album in 73. So there's a version of, there's, there's like a bootleg. I, I don't think it was released with the Billy the Kid collection. Oh, it came out when they did the the bootleg tapes when about 25 years ago, they put out a whole thing like 20, 30, 40 songs of Dylan that nobody ever heard. It was called the bootleg series. It was a four CD set. So it was on there. And these guys, old crow medicine show 
love that song, but it was no definitive lyrics. It was just the chorus, rock me, baby, like a wagon wheel. And so Dylan was kind of mumbling in between the choruses. So these guys, as like a young group of musicians, just made up their own lyrics to the in-between chorus. And turns out, then they recorded the song, and now they're co-writers with Dylan on Rock Me Like a Wagon Wheel. It's such an interesting story. I, I was so intrigued, and I just I did a deep dive on YouTube and Googled and looked and up more information. Because I heard this song, the very first time I heard this song, I was, I was hanging out with a bunch of guys uh, around the fire. It was at a canoe get-together. And guys were playing it on, one guy was just playing the guitar and then he played the song and everybody's singing to it. I'm like, how does everybody know this song? I never heard the song in my life. And then I heard it a couple of more times randomly. And then yesterday when I was leaving the gas station, I'm like, I really like that song. And I don't, I don't know who sings it or where it comes from. And like, I've heard like three versions of it. I don't know who like the definitive version is. Anyway, the old crow medicine show. Those are the guys. So you'll find that. And it just looks like some random, like, you know, not very popular band, not hugely popular, I should say. I don't want to discredit them. They're obviously very talented. But, you know, not a commercially successful band in that way, like Darius Rucker recorded the original, you know, the original new version of the song after the Bob Dylan mumbly version. So, long story. Let's, let's look up that song. Any version you find is good. Wagon Wheel is what it's called. Hmm. Okay. Really great story. Awesome. Um, I've got two. One is not even out yet. comes out tomorrow, which by the time you hear this, it will be out. Um, the Get Back documentary about the Beatles. Um, I can't wait. Looks awesome. I can't wait. I'm really excited. I'm buying it. Disney Plus for a month just, just <laughs> to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, it is going to be on Disney Plus. It looks like um, it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. So I'll put a link to the trailer, but it'll be on Disney Plus. I think it's the only place you can watch it. Or is it coming somewhere else too like in theaters did, did i imagine that i'm not i think it's a three-part documentary so i don't oh. think it's going to be a theater release okay gotcha well anyway it looks really cool um the other thing is a show that we've started watching and it's one of those things i gotta kind of preface like it's absolutely not a family show it's not something if you get you know irritated by a lot of bad language or anything don't watch it but um only murders in the building have you guys watched only murders in the building Excellent. It's a lot of fun. So it's a Hulu show with Martin Short and Steve Martin and Selena Gomez, who's me as far as like <laughs> acting, but she's in there. Um, it's a murder mystery show and it's about a podcast. I don't want to say any more than that. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And we're not done with it yet. We're like, I think we might have one episode left or whatever. Um, a couple of people recommended it to me and we finally gave it a shot and it's it's a lot of fun i spent last night i think we have one episode left so that last night we ended the episode with like oh man like who could it be what who could this who did this and i had trouble going to sleep last night because i was trying to figure it out <laughs> oh wow <laughs> in my head. and that tells me that it's a good show yeah so, no kidding yeah it's a lot of fun it's on hulu um so go check that one out all right you guys got anything else that's it. Thank you. Cool. I hope everybody has a fantastic Thanksgiving and or Thursday. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Love you. Aww. Aww.